Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and today on Just Teapot Podcast, we're going to talk a bit about the climate change. I'm not going to debate if it's right or wrong, but we're going to talk about two key principles about climate change, what I find are fundamental, what most people who say they believe it don't actually understand or even know. I find quite a lot of people say, oh, we believe in climate change, but they don't really know the reasons why and accept a lot of people say, well, it's good because other people say really smart, but if you really don't understand the basic principles, if, say, if you meet someone who's really against climate change, you're going to probably get destroyed in an argument. Because they know, even if their facts are wrong, they have an argument built up that, and on the other hand, you've just kind of accepted someone else's argument, and that it's right, with actually knowing what it is. So, I'm going to start off but the first main, the fundamental observation, what is the CO2 rise? What, how do we know it's rising? This comes from a fundamental long period of measurements by Ralph Keeling. Have you heard that name before? Have you heard the name the Keeling Curve? Ralph Keeling, back in the 1950s, was pegging for a problem that CO2 measurements, we do not have a long period of measurements for CO2. Say we have temperature, and it goes back, say at that time, probably about 80 years, quite a lot of places, but there wasn't a long period of CO2 measurements. So even in the 1950s, people were actually worried about climate change. They knew it was happening. They knew that increased CO2 would increase temperatures. Even that would go. But we didn't have any measurements to show that this is actually happening. So Ralph Keeling goes to Hawaii, and there's an island on the Kauai, and he set up an observatory, the Manual Law Observatory. And from 1958 to the present day, measurements are still going off of atmospheric CO2. And the fundamental thing about this was, it's at one location, he was able to get a reading, what representative of the global background CO2. So this is a little bit of a problem people get confused of by here sometimes. How could a measurement at one location be representative of the whole world. How is that? Well, it comes to a fundamental assumption that this is on, say, a mountain, it's pretty high. The CO2 levels above the surface it should be well mixed. The atmosphere is constantly flowing and it's constantly moving around and things getting mixed up. But base gases, long they're not in sort of human areas, urbanized areas, are normally quite well mixed and quite even. And then what was shown, but more years and other measurements different locations that it matches the same sort of increase so it was able to choose that the measurement of this one location was actually reliable to get an understanding of co2 rise throughout the whole world so now we just we jumped a little bit saying saying it's rising we're going to talk a little bit about the initial sort of first few years of these measurements because they were actually extremely interesting because he didn't actually think it was rising or knew what to expect so the first few years you notice it goes up, and then it goes down. So you initially think when you see this sort of behavior that something's wrong with your measurements, but it consistently happened year after year. And what he actually found was the carbon cycle. So as plants in sort of summer and springtime are alive, they're gonna use taken CO2. But say in the winter time when they die off, and it gets cold and they some go to hibernation, they're not. So it's more CO2 is gonna be in the atmosphere. So that's what he actually found. And then with consistent measurements, by the 1970s, 
he was able to show that the mean of the whole year was actually rising. And this was the first real time we had evidence that CO2 levels were rising. And though sadly Ralph Keening has passed away now, the measurements at Mueller Observatory in Hawaii still continue. And now there's more measurements being taken from different places around the world, same in like Greenland and other locations in the Pacific Ocean. And it shows the same trend of a rising in CO2 levels. So now I'm going to get to the next one. The main principle is how do we know that humans are causing this? So we see a rise in CO2, but how do we know it's us? So you might have heard before carbon dating. The crazy science of how we know some tree we dug up is like a million years old. We know this from the ratios of carbon it has inside it. So we have fossil fuels, right? Fossil fuels came from plant matter, was made millions and millions of years ago. The consistency of CO2 back then and the types of plants are different from today. So the ratios of the CO2 and different types of CO2 isotopes are different. So I might have said a word most people don't understand there. That is, if you don't have sort of a chemistry or understanding, that is isotope. What is an isotope? So take CO2. Mainly this is carbon, carbon-12. And that's the vast majority of it. But there's also two other types. There's carbon-13 and there's a more radioactive, sort of fast decaying carbon-14. And they get their numbers from the different amount of electrons they have in the atom. So I might have more said more words if people don't understand a bit of chemistry and physics. They go, ah, oh. so let's just do a little analogy. So say you have a population of people and majority of people have brown hair. So you take some gingers and you say some blonde people and you mix, mix those genes into the population. You're going to have, it's not going to be consistently the same, right? You're going to have isotopes of ginger, isotopes of blondes. But the majority of people can still be brown hair. So say a more stable, the majority of the say CO12, the brown haired people, say the small amount of CO13 are the, are the blonde people, and then we say the CO are the ginger type. And say your job is just to record people's hair color. That's, that's your job. So you do that every day and you get the consistent thing for quite a long time that the majority of people have brown hair. So if all of a sudden, the ratio starts changing. You, you can kind of see something's going on. And the change, and through this change of ratios of CO2 isotopes, we were actually able to understand that it's actually humans are the cause of this rise. So what changed? And who found it? So it was found by an Austrian called Hans Suess, and it's called the Suess effect. And that is that the isotopes of CO13 and CO14 are actually decreasing. So even though we see an increased rise of CO2 concentrations, we're actually seeing a decrease in these two rarer isotopes as it goes in time. Why? It's because fossil fuel emitted carbon is actually has less of these isotopes than regular atmospheric carbon would exist naturally. So from that change, we can understand that the emission of the fossil fuels, what is carbon but it's plant matter from millions and millions of years ago is the main cause. So it's basically atmospheric carbon dating from ratios. So maybe carbon dating is a bit more complex, but it's a similar sort of concept for the change in ratios. We can understand that something else from millions and millions of years ago is actually being the main cause. And that is the plant matter from millions and millions of years ago, which is now fossil fuels, what 
great for the human life at the moment, get us around, but not great for the climate. So I hope my explanation of the Keeling curve and the Susan effect are okay. If you have any more questions about them, feel free to ask. I'll need some more links in the description to this episode if you want to learn a bit more and just self-study a bit more. It's always good, and I hope you've learned something today in this Jobs' Teapot podcast, and we'll see you next time. Have a good day.